The dream that is Ben Simmons to Sacramento is dead. And the Kings continue their winning ways in preseason, both Terrence Davis and Davion Mitchell shining in Portland. You're going to hear from Davis and head coach Luke Walton on today's episode of the Locked on Kings podcast. You are Locked on Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time. Time for another episode of Locked on Kings. Hello and welcome to Locked on Kings, your podcast hub for Sacramento Kings coverage all regular season and all offseason, preseason too. If you're looking for in-depth analysis, game-by-game breakdowns, highlights, interviews with local and national experts, Full coverage of your Sacramento Kings from January all the way through to December. This is the place for you, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. My name is Matt George. I have the privilege of being your host here. I've been a Sacramento sports uh, media member, Sacramento Kings media member for the last seven years. This is my eighth season covering the Kings, formerly with KHDK Sports Radio here in Sacramento, now with ABC 10 Television. And before we get started, I want to thank you for making Locked On Kings your first listen for Kings podcast and sports podcast in general today. And I have a second listen for you. You might not be a San Francisco Giants fan, but you need to be following this historic Giants versus Dodgers uh, playoff series that is going on right now. Game three happened in LA last night. You need to hear about it. You can listen to the Locked On Giants podcast with Ben Kaspik. Uh, he'll give you all of the uh, the local coverage that you need. I know we have a ton of San Francisco Giants fans here uh, in the Sacramento area, so make sure you make that your second listen, of course, after you're done uh, tuning in to Locked On Kings. But man, we got so much to unpack, so much to talk about today. We're going to start talking about the latest with Ben Simmons. Then, of course, we have to talk about the great game uh, for the Kings in Portland. Game three of the preseason going very, very well, despite some key members being out. Uh, and then uh, you're going to hear from head coach Luke Walton and Terrence Davis at the end of the podcast. But let's start with the latest from this uh, this Ben Simmons thing. And I actually didn't talk about this. I could have talked about it on Friday's Locked on Kings podcast, but I was talking about other things. Had Jason Anderson on. I highly encourage you to go and listen to the conversation that I had with him on Friday's podcast if you didn't. Uh, listen to that already. But we heard, I think it was a conversation, or maybe it was an article with David Aldridge, and maybe Sam Amick was involved in that article as well. But the uh, it talked about uh, Ben Simmons and his willingness to come to Sacramento. And maybe this should have been a bigger deal to me than what I made it. Maybe I should have talked about it immediately on the Locked on Kings podcast because it's not, I guess, too incredibly often that you hear a high-profile player like Ben Simmons say that he'd be willing to be traded out of a city and situation like Philadelphia and come to a, a city like Sacramento. But in reality, I wasn't too surprised by it. In fact, like it proved to me that Ben Simmons and his camp, Rich Paul, they have, they're, they're smart because I think Sacramento, and I've talked about this with James Ham uh, many times before Kings insider James Ham. This is a great landing destination for Ben Simmons. Sacramento should be one of those teams on his priority list. Now he did say, or we did hear it was reported at the beginning of this entire saga when Ben said that he was no longer going to go back to the 76ers. We did hear that he wanted to come to, um, three of four California teams. And I think we all assumed 
that the Sacramento Kings were that fourth California team being left out. And maybe initially they were, but now we're hearing that Ben would not stand in the way or would not stop a trade to Sacramento. The Kings make a lot of sense for Ben Simmons in terms of his fit with the roster, him not having to be a primary scorer and in that primary star role like he has to be in Philadelphia for that team to be successful. Now, there's still, don't get me wrong, there would still be a ton of high expectations on the shoulders of Ben Simmons here in Sacramento. It's not like he's going to come and be a, a third or fourth option on this team. I mean, he's immediately top two, maybe even the best player on this team, although I think De'Aaron Fox would have something to say about that. But Ben Simmons is not going to be the primary ball handler. That's De'Aaron Fox. And I know there are questions about Ben Simmons and his ability to space the floor, but truth be told, I'm not worried about the offensive production of this team. I'm worried about the defense. And if Kings fans have been asking for a star caliber player that can help defensively and fit a need of this Kings team, Ben Simmons checks all those boxes. Plus, Ben is going from a high-profile city where it's become nothing but venom. Only garbage is, is spewn his way. Coming to Sacramento, where there's hope and optimism. And if he's able to be a part of a team that actually makes the playoffs, so makes no, make no mistake about it. If Ben Simmons is traded to the Sacramento Kings at any point this season, this team has to make the playoffs. They have to, and they would, in my opinion. Like I'm not saying Ben is the difference between this team being an 11th seed and a fifth seed, maybe eventually, but not short-term. But Ben would be a difference maker, would immediately help this Kings team win. And I think Ben Simmons on this roster, assuming you're not getting rid of Fox and Halliburton in the deal, which we know the Kings aren't, or I, sh I shouldn't say we know, the Kings more than likely would not. I'm assuming that team is a eighth seed at worst. And maybe they're a, a play-in team that has the home court advantage. But now things have, things have changed a little bit today because it's been reported that... Ben Simmons is in Philadelphia. Now he's put his house up in Philly for sale. And we've heard over the last couple of weeks, like Ben has said, or his camp is saying, or whoever's talking for Ben is saying, Ben's not playing in Philadelphia anymore. Like he, he hasn't reported the training camp. He refuses to play another game for the Philadelphia 76ers. Doesn't matter what Joel Embiid has tried to do. Doesn't matter what Doc Rivers has tried to do. Doesn't matter what anybody from the Philadelphia 76ers organization has tried to do. Ben Simmons is not playing for Philly anymore. Except now, he's in Philadelphia. And according to Adrian Wojnarowski, he's getting a COVID test so that he could return to team activities. Now, it's also been reported by Woj that he still doesn't plan on suiting up and actually playing for the 76ers. So really, and I understand there's a lot of Ben Simmons fatigue now going around, not just in the NBA, but in Sacramento. Fans like, okay, let's like, I don't want to hear about anything Ben Simmons unless it's actually something of substance because it's really just been nonsense and nothing for the past month, right? But it sounds like Ben Simmons is relaxing a little bit. And it's been reported that conversations between the 76ers and Rich Paul, who is Simmons' agent and management, those conversations have progressed. Do I think Ben Simmons is going to play another game? For the Philadelphia 76ers, I don't know. I don't know whether or not this entire thing is a bluff. I mean, we just saw in the NFL world somewhat of a similar thing by Aaron Rodgers. The only difference is Aaron Rodgers is an MVP quarterback for the Green Bay Packers, and Ben Simmons is a talented basketball player who completely flamed out in the playoffs. I don't think that Ben Simmons to Sacramento is dead necessarily, but it hasn't progressed 
And I wouldn't say it's really regressed either. The Kings and, and 76ers are kind of at a standstill here. And they've been at that in a long time. Like uh, there was a recent report that came out. I can't remember who reported it of the amount of or the list of teams that were still interested or active in conversations for Ben Simmons. The Kings weren't on that list. Now I'm not believing for one second, the Kings are no longer interested in Ben Simmons. What I believe is that conversations between the two teams have completely stalled because there's no reason to continue them. The 76ers still have their unrealistic asking price for Ben. And apparently, even with Ben reporting uh, to Philadelphia, which I guess the 76ers didn't know about, according to reports, even then, 76ers are still looking to, to shop and trade Ben, which is the right move for them, except they still have their ridiculously high asking price that they're never going to get in a million years. And then there's the Kings on the other side of things, where Monty McNair is saying, Darren Fox is not available. Tyrese Halliburton is not available. We haven't heard for sure whether or not Davion Mitchell is available or not, but based off the way he's been playing in preseason, I wouldn't be surprised if the Kings say Davion Mitchell is not available either. It's Buddy Heald and it's Marvin Bagley and draft picks. Maybe Harrison Barnes works his way into that conversation, but maybe not. Like Monty has no need to budge. A lot of teams have no need to budge. They're not going to give in to the ridiculous asking price of Philadelphia. The only team that's going to need to budge is the 76ers. Or in this case, Ben Simmons might budge and say, you know what? I need this money. I'm going to go and make it work. But good freaking luck to Ben. If Ben goes back to Philadelphia, good freaking luck showing up to a 76ers home game. You think they're going to welcome him back with cheers and say, we're glad we worked this out? Hell no. I wouldn't be surprised if they're going to be throwing things at him. Certainly going to be spitting at him. I mean, we know that Philadelphia 76ers crowd. I think Ben Simmons is aware of that too. That's why he doesn't want to play there anymore. I have no idea why he reported. I have no idea why he's going through COVID testing. Maybe it has something to do with money. I'm sure more information will come out later. But this entire saga is weird. And basically, I'm at the point with Ben Simmons where it's like, if it's not new information like that actually means something, if Ben's not playing for the 76ers, or being traded is not worth talking about, not worth hearing about. So that's an update on the Ben Simmons situation. Now, I can't wait to talk about uh, this Kings win over the Portland Trailblazers and specifically the games for Davion Mitchell and Terrence Davis. Before we get to conversation about that game, I want to let you know that today's episode of Locked on Kings is brought to you by our friends over at Sleeper. In 2018, the fantasy sports experts at Sleeper realized that Fantasy basketball was just straight up broken. Games were being won and lost based off of whose players had more scheduled games that week. It made no sense, required very little strategy. So in 2020, Sleeper released a, bland, a brand new way of playing fantasy basketball. It's called Game Pick, and it's only available on Sleeper. In Game Pick, owners pick a single game per week for each of their starters to count towards their team total score, ensuring an even number of games played between opponents. It basically is the normal fantasy football format, but coming to NBA. The days of losing because your opponent's players simply had more scheduled games to play than yours did, those days are over, as are the days of mindless daily busy work causing you to give up halfway through the season. No more of that garbage. Now it's at the beginning of the week, you select your starting lineup, you pick which game you want to count. So let's say, for example, I have De'Aaron Fox, and let's say the Kings have four games in a week, which is a lot. Let's say three. And the three games are against the Atlanta Hawks, against the um, Los Angeles Clippers, and against the Memphis Grizzlies. Well, all three of those games, De'Aaron Fox has had success against those three teams. 
I really like how Fox plays typically when he plays against the Los Angeles Clippers. He always seems to play really well. So that's the game I picked to count towards De'Aaron Fox. At the end of the week, whatever he gets in that game, those are the points that I get. Just like fantasy football, it's weekly instead of daily. Gets rid of that busy work. It's a lot of fun. So go and download Game Picks on the Sleeper app. Start a league with your friends today. You will not be disappointed. Locked on Kings is also brought to you by our friends at Direct TV Stream. Let me know if this sounds familiar to you because it's familiar to me. You got one device that lets you catch the game live. You have another that lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone and you've got your neighbors, best friends, login for all the other good stuff. Well, I want to let you know that there's a way to get all that entertainment that you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together in one place. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings you live TV and on-demand favorites, brings them together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. And I know what you're thinking. Uh-oh, Direct TV. TV contracts. I don't want to do that. Not in this modern era of streaming. I'm a cord cutter. I don't want to do it. Look, I have not had a TV contract since high school. I've been cord cut since then. And I love my streaming services, but that's what direct TV stream is. It's a streaming service like every single other one, except it's better. And it does not have that contract attached to it. The only negative really of TV has been taken away with that contract. Get rid of the clutter, get rid of the confusion, get your TV together with direct TV stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device is required. Content varies by package. The Kings are 3-0 and in preseason. Yeah, but Matt, it's preseason. It doesn't matter. Yes, I get it. Every single time I seem to put up something positive about what the Kings are doing in preseason, I get some yeah, but from somebody on social media, whether it's a Kings fan or not. Yeah, but De'Aaron Fox is not playing against the best competition. Oh, the Kings defense is better. Yeah, but Damian Lillard didn't play. We know. We get the context. No one is coming on the Locked on Kings podcast and saying, man, this Kings team is 3-0 and against three really good teams in Phoenix, LA, and Portland. This team is going to be undefeated. This team is going to be a top team in the Western Conference. This team is suddenly a top 10 defense. No, that's not the case. But what do you want from preseason? In these four games before the regular season starts, you want to see first consistent improvement. Second, you want to see an idea of, or you want to see the ideas of the offseason, a compilation of talent that you brought together start to look like something, or you can see how this team can be successful with a little more work. You can see the foundation of what makes a team successful. That's what you want to see in preseason. And that's what we've seen, and then some, for the Sacramento Kings. And yeah, they're 3-0 in preseason. Whoop-de-doo. I think the Kings, there's a couple years where the Kings have gone undefeated in preseason, and we know that come the regular season, they weren't any good. Okay, who cares? Nobody's talking about the 3-0 record. Nobody's talking about the final score of this Kings-Blazers game where the Kings won 107-93, to which, by the way, it's the third straight, all three of these preseason games, the Kings have led by double digits at one point. That, to me, is more meaningful than a final score being a 3-0. And again, yeah, but... Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum didn't play in this game. The best players for most of these teams haven't been playing while the Kings' best players have. Asterisk with this game. I'll get to that in a second. I get that. But how many times have we seen this Kings team in the past, different versions of this Kings team over the last 15 years, struggle to play to their level? They play to the level of their competition. We've seen 
Far too many times, the Kings take on teams that they know they're better than, but they play to their level and they struggle and sometimes lose those games. God, we've seen it so many times, I can't even count it. And every single time you want to pull your hair out, right? So now we're seeing a Kings team playing against three inferior rosters during the preseason and winning comfortably in all three games. That's exactly what you should want. What more can you ask for? There's no need to, yeah, but they're doing what they're supposed to be doing. Now, uh, the Kings were not at full strength in this game. They did not have Marvin Bagley, who's out with a foot injury, I believe, although Luke Walton said before the game that he's feeling good and he should be back. And, you know, I saw some people making a big deal out of that and rolling their eyes. Oh, Marvin Bagley's hurt again. Whatever. Like, honestly, I'm to the point where if Marvin gets hurt during the regular season, like, it's just like, okay, all right. Like, that's, I, I literally, I read it and I shrugged. It's like, okay, Marvin Bagley's hurt again. All right. Nothing we haven't seen before. No big deal. And that's unfortunately what Matt Marvin is to this team now. He went from being drafted to be the, the second best player or maybe the best player on this Kings team, a number two overall pick that was supposed to be the Robin to Fox's Batman and help this Kings team all of a sudden make the playoffs and end that playoff drought. He's gone from that to, well, if he plays, he could help this team. But if he's out, all right, that's where he is. So, I'm not overreacting too much to that, but it sounds like he's going to be good to go. Maybe he'll play in the final preseason game in Sacramento against the Lakers. I don't know, but it sounds like he'll be he'll be fine. Uh, Tyrese Halliburton didn't play in the game because of rest. Who else didn't play in this game? There were a couple others uh, that did not play, notable players uh, that did not play in this game. Buddy Heald didn't play in this game. That's another important player uh, that was out. So the Kings themselves weren't at full strength. Still, they handled their business. Now, we got to see Davion Mitchell starting alongside De'Aaron Fox. And Davion Mitchell is just, I mean, he's just fun, dude. He's just so much fun to watch. And it's not just on the defensive end. Now, we know what Davion can provide defensively. And once again, he did that tonight. There are a couple isolation possessions against him where he forced turnovers or shot clock violations or bad shots. I mean, we know on-ball defense, Davion Mitchell is incredible. He's incredible to watch. But all of a sudden, we're seeing what he can be on the offensive end of the floor. In tonight's game against Portland, Finished with 20 points in 32 minutes. Now, I don't know if it's even close to fair to expect 20-point performances out of Davion. Maybe every once in a while, but that's probably about the peak of his offensive production that you're going to get at this point in time. Maybe he develops into something more down the road. But I will say, he shot 6 of 9 from 3-point range in this game. He's 10 of 16 from 3-point range in the preseason. 10 of 16. Remember, before his senior year or his last year with Baylor, Davion was not a good three-point shooter. And all of a sudden, his final year in Baylor, he shoots what, like 42, 43%? And we're talking about heading into the draft. Man, that year has to be an anomaly, right? He's not going to carry that over into the NBA. Well, here he is so far in preseason, and he's shooting 10 of 16 from three-point range. Now, I don't expect that to, to continue, but I will say, if Davion Mitchell can be that 40% three-point shooter right now, like right away, if he can be what he was in college from the three-point line, 40%, in addition to the defense that he provides, right away, he's a high-impact player. Right away, he needs major minutes. I mean, we talked about it on a recent podcast. I said that Davion Mitchell needs to have big minutes right away, especially if he's providing that floor spacing on the offensive end. Now, if you sprinkle in a little uh, a little bit of playmaking into that pie, if you add a better, more consistent playmaking ability to Davion as an undersized point guard, like we're talking about the steal of the draft. We're potentially talking about the best player 
in the draft. And I've heard a lot of people say, like if Davion Mitchell were six foot eight, or if he were six foot seven, he would have been a top three pick in this draft. Honestly, he doesn't have to be that tall. It doesn't matter that he's old, old by rookie standpoints. And I use air quotes there with old. If Davion Mitchell can shoot 40 plus percent from three point range, be the on ball defender that we've seen so far in literally every game that he's played for the Sacramento Kings, including summer league. And in addition to that, develop to where by the end of the season, he has that playmaking ability that the Kings would like out of him. He's probably rookie of the year. If not, he's top two, top three in rookie of the year voting, just like Tyrese Halliburton was the year before. And in addition to that, he's probably a starter on this Kings team. Like, I know we still need to see if that three-guard lineup is going to work, but if Davion is this good and adds that playmaking to the game that he's portraying right now, how do you not start the guy? How do you not? You need that. So it's just, it's it's been phenomenally fun to watch Davion Mitchell play. I'm really enjoying that. Uh, Terrence Davis was fantastic in this game. Now, I should say he was fantastic in the first half. Second half, he quieted down a little bit. And we know that Terrence is a streaky shooter at best. When he comes in and when he's playing as well as he was playing to start this game, I mean, he he was like three of four or three of three for his first three three-pointers or something like that. And he, he had, I think he finished with only three threes, but all of them were in the first half, if I'm not mistaken. Let's see. Yeah, three of nine from three-point range. So he cooled down significantly in the second half. But to start the game, he was red hot. Finishes with 17 points off the bench. If Terrence Davis is providing that kind of offensive spark off the bench, I mean, the Kings have an incredibly dynamic player in Davis. Incredibly dynamic. And you've heard me talk about it before here on Locked on Kings when the Kings acquired Davis last season. Davis is truly a cheap Buddy Heald replacement. It's really what he is. Now, I want to ask you, how comfortable would you be if Buddy Heald was gone today? Just gone no longer part of the Kings roster, and Terrence Davis kind of took over his role. How confident are you that he could be the consistent presence, offensively especially, that Buddy Heald is? Defensively, I know that Terrence is going to provide more than Buddy Heald, and I think he's going to provide more mid-range and uh, scoring around the basket. It's really that three-point shooting and and just that Buddy Heald floor-spacing presence. I don't think there's a significant drop-off between Buddy Heald and Terrence Davis at all. I really don't. Now, I've talked about my desire for the Kings to trade Buddy Heald before. I'm not going to turn this into a, man, the Kings just need to get rid of Buddy Heald because we've seen him be effective, and I do believe that he can still be effective for this Kings team. But I'm saying if there's minutes available for Terrence Davis and he can provide this consistently off the bench, and you're going to hear I asked him about being less streaky and working on being more consistent. He's going to talk about that in just a second. If he can provide that, though, for the Kings on a nightly basis, man, just add it to the, the list of positive depth that this Kings team has. Speaking of positives, De'Aaron Fox, not the best night for De'Aaron, at least when it comes to scoring. He had only eight points in 22 minutes, shot two of 10 from the field, 0 of four from three-point range. That's a bummer. But he did finish with four rebounds, five assists, three steals. By the way, the Kings forced 27 Portland turnovers and scored 28 points off those turnovers. There's a difference in the game right there. Kings had 15 steals in this one. De'Aaron Fox had three of them. So he was, once again, like the Phoenix game, when he wasn't scoring, he was effective away from the ball or or away from scoring the basketball in other ways. But what I want to talk about with De'Aaron Fox is he went 4-4 from the free throw line in this game. He's a perfect 10 of 10 from the free throw line so far in preseason. 
Now, on one hand, I want De'Aaron getting to the free throw line more than just 10 times in three games. Now, granted, he has not played starter minutes in these three games. He's played like low 20s. So maybe if he had played 30 plus minutes per game like we expect him to, maybe he would have significantly more free throw attempts. We don't know. But regardless, in the times that he's been to the line, he's a perfect 10 of 10. And we know free throw shooting has been one of the major weaknesses in De'Aaron's game, something that he's actively been working on. So the fact that in preseason, he's perfect in the line. You can't, yeah, but that it's a free throw is a free throw in preseason as it is during the regular season. Man is 10 of 10. You're going to hear Luke Walton talk about the importance of that here in just a second. Before that though, I also want to mention the Kings are uh, for the third straight game, three straight preseason games. The Kings have held their opponents to under 30 points in three out of four quarters. Yeah, but this guy didn't play. Don't care. Doesn't matter. Defensively, the Kings have held their opponents to under 30 points in three out of four quarters in all three preseason games. That's fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Before you hear from head coach Luke Walton and Terrence Davis, I want to let you know that today's podcast is brought to you by our friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar has so many delicious flavors that you need to try. Flavors like coconut, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, uh, orange, cookies and cream, uh, German chocolate. They also have a brand new, uh, I think it's what, cookie dough bar? I mean, these bars are so good. They're covered in 100% chocolate. They're protein bars that taste like candy bars, and they're healthy for you. 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, only, 40, uh, only 4 to 5 grams of sugar, and only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. Amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. What you need to do is go to built.com and get a mixed box. It'll send you a bunch of different flavors for you to try out. Then once you have your favorite flavors, flavors picked out, you go back to built.com and then you order a box specifically with the flavors that you want sent right to you. It's what my wife and I do. I have a built bar almost every single day. Go to built.com, use promo code LOCKED15. You'll get 15% off your order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Here's Sacramento Kings head coach Luke Walton following the Kings preseason win in Portland. Yeah, I'd say uh, overall, I'm happy with the effort we got again tonight from our guys. Um, I thought defensively we were good, active hands. We had one one bad quarter there in the second where they were getting too many uh, easy looks, but I uh, thought we played an overall pretty good game. Uh, rebounding, uh, they hurt us on the, on the glass, which is, again, something we keep harping on, uh, but we made up for it with some really good effort and deflections and steals on that end of the court. Hey, Luke, we just talked to Terrence. I wanted to get your, your thoughts on his game. You've said many times before that you just got to stay ready because at some point your number is going to be called and Terrence carved out a role for himself last season. Uh, just the, your thoughts on the energy and intensity that he brings on a nightly basis and how you can utilize that. Yeah, he's been great. And honestly, it's what we've seen out of him in training camp uh, You know, the last couple of weeks as well. And he's, uh, you know, that's how we want him playing. We want him being aggressive. We want him attacking the rim. When he's open, we want him shooting the ball. So, I thought he had a, another uh, solid game and, and really played. He played exactly how how we want him him to play. He missed some good looks in the second half, but most of those are, are shots we want him taking. Yeah, Luke, uh, Davion, we're seeing the defensive impact he has, but on the offensive end, he seems to be awfully efficient and really good from the perimeter. Is that something you're seeing consistently uh, behind the scenes of practice? Yeah, absolutely. And with Davion, it's, it's been great because, you know, we knew what we were, well, you never know what you're getting, but we thought we had a pretty good handle drafting him on what he'd be able to do for us defensively. Um, and, and the amount of work he's put into understanding uh, the offense, uh, 
um, and, and adjusting to the size uh, of the NBA has been great and it's been quick. So, um, you know, he, he, he was really good offensively tonight. I think he got hit pretty good with a, a Nurkic screen early on there. Um, he probably hasn't felt, felt many screens like that before, but that's all part of that learning curve I was talking about before the game. Uh, you know, the more he can play against different guys and feel and, and understand uh, this league, uh, the better uh, it'll be for us in the long run. He was good. Luke, I believe he had uh, 53 off the bench tonight. Um, you know, with the depth this team has, how, how important uh, and, and how beneficial can, can this bench unit be to, to what you guys do this season? Well, they should be big for us because, one, we want to uh, play a defensive style and an offensive style. That guys should be getting tired. Um, and when they get tired, they should have trust and confidence that uh, the, the people coming in for them are going to get the job done as well. So, uh, you know, we're, it, you know, we'll play uh, we'll play our bench. We'll count on our bench. And, uh, you know, that's it's definitely one of the strengths that um, – that we're looking to use going into the season. Hi, Luke. Uh, four rebounds for De'Aaron Fox there tonight as well. Uh, is that an area of a game that you're looking for your guards to be proactive on the boards, proactive on the glass? Yeah, we need we need it, and especially with De'Aaron and, and Tyrese, who have some length, uh, to come back in and, and get rebounds for us um, is, is important to us becoming a better defensive team, but it also really ignites our, our fast break game. So, you know, if the guards can come in and rebound and then just take it themselves and push, uh, you know, it, it's a lot harder for the defense to get set and, and get into their, their spots. So, uh, yeah, we, we talked to De'Aaron a lot about that and he's, he's been good so far in the preseason with his rebound. Luke, speaking of De'Aaron, I believe he's a perfect 10 of 10 from the free throw line so far in preseason. I know that's something that he's talked about working on and getting more consistent at. What does that do for for his game when he's able to to have that much success at the free throw line? It was big because he's probably he, he's our best player at getting to the foul line. Uh, he you know he he is uh, he, he's really tough to keep in front and not put hands on him, and he can you know he can get in there and attack the big so. Uh, you know, I think he finished top 10 last year in free throw attempts uh, per game. So, you know, if not, he was right around that. So the better he can shoot them, the, the better uh, our chance, our team will have a, a better chance we'll have of winning games. Now let's hear from Terrence Davis. Hey, Terrence, we've seen when when you get hot, when you get going, um, it can result in a lot of points really, really quickly. Um, but sometimes that can be labeled as, as streakiness, a player like yourself in the NBA. How do you work on making that consistent throughout uh, your appearance? How do you, how can you work on that outside of a game? Well, that's something, uh, you know, this preseason that in this season, I'm, you know, been telling myself, I, you know, I have to be more consistent. Uh, so these preseason games, I've been trying to, you know, take that into initiative and just really, you know, when I'm out there, just, you know, going hard, bringing energy, you know, and, uh, just, you know, putting it, putting, putting the effort, you know, in as well. So that's definitely something I would say, you know, was a big focus coming in, you know, year three of mine. Hey, TD, nice game, man. Um, I think you guys had 53 points off the bench tonight. Um I've kind of asked you this before, but uh, I'll ask you again. How much of a strength can can the bench be for this team, given the depth that you guys have? I mean, I, I would say this. You know, all good teams, you know, pretty much have a nice, solid bench. So 
if the bench can come in and, you know, pick up the pace, pick up energy, or just, you know, feed off of what the first group is doing, uh, you know, you're all, that's always a win, man, honestly, uh, my opinion. So uh, definitely, I definitely feel like, you know, this, this bench, uh, regardless who it is, because, you know, there's many players on this team that can, you know, play this game. Uh, but definitely, definitely, that's definitely uh, something, you know, that's, that's major for us. Hi, Terrence. Another win, uh, another preseason game, another win. How's morale going into the NBA season? This NBA preseason has been flawless for you so far. Oh, uh, I mean, it's been good. Like I like the energy and within the within the, the group itself is just amazing, man. Everyone is pulling for each other. Everyone worked extremely hard. I know you, you guys keep hearing it, but it's 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 a it's, it's the facts. You know, so, uh, man, I, I'm just excited to, you know, continue to, to grind, continue to, you know, keep going, man, and bring this organization back to where, you know, once were. Terrence, we've heard and, and talked a lot about Davion Mitchell and his his on-ball defense, but tonight, six of nine from three-point range, I think he's 10 of 16 from three overall uh, in the preseason. How much more dynamic does that make him when he has the, the defensive background, but he's able to space the floor like he's been doing? The sky's the limit, man. You can't put no limit on him. You know, uh, he's a screaming hard worker, and he's getting out what he's putting in, you know, honestly. So, uh, you know, Shout out to Dave, man. He, he just he's gonna keep continue to to get better because he works, and he, you know Kings fans are gonna love him honestly <laughs> if they if they don't already. And now I want to hear from you. Your thoughts on this three and O Kings preseason so far. Your thoughts on the play of Terrence Davis and Davion Mitchell, De'Aaron Fox's free throws, the guys who didn't play. Are you a yeah but guy? Or are you like me, looking at all the positives from this preseason and just feeling really, really good about where this Kings team is at for right now? Maybe not head over heels and over the moon, but cautiously optimistic maybe with how good this team is playing heading into the regular season. If that's you, let me know. Uh, you can reach me, uh, mgeorge at sack or rather Matt George sports. My email changed Matt George sports at gmail.com. You can also uh, tweet me at Matt George sack. That's S a C on Twitter. And if you're watching on YouTube, you leave your comments in the uh, comment section down below. Also, let me know what you think about the, uh, the, the setup is finally done. Kinda. It's almost done. I have the, uh, if you're a Lord of the Rings nerd like me, you'll appreciate that in the background. Uh, plus, there's a big, bare, empty spot on my door that's going to have a Lord of the Rings-type flag banner uh, that is coming in very, very soon. So if you're a Lord of the Rings nerd, I hope you appreciate it. If you're not a Lord of the Rings nerd and you think I'm just a nerd, well, you know what? I am. I'm a sports nerd and a Lord of the Rings nerd. Welcome. Welcome to my life. Uh, but if you want to leave your thoughts on what we've talked about here on the Locked on Kings podcast, really, really would appreciate it. Would love to engage in conversation with you. Tomorrow's Locked on Kings podcast, I plan on being joined by a couple friends of mine. D'Lo and KC, Damian Barling and Kenny Caraway from the D'Lo and KC radio show on ESPN 1320. I'm a frequent visitor of their show, so I thought I'd bring them both onto my show. And we're going to talk about Marvin Bagley and his current uh, contract qualifying offer situation. A lot of interesting stuff going on with that and that dynamic that it adds into one Marvin Bagley's trade value and what the Kings might decide to do with Marvin come the end of the season. So we'll discuss that and then some tomorrow. I hope you will join me for that. Until then, my name is Matt George. You have been listening to Locked On Kings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.